should have done it early. I know. So anybody who's on audio, just listen for a moment. I'm, I'm doing the shishigmas. Come on, Andreas. I'm reading. I, it's an audio podcast. You got to get some kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, it's done. It's over. The child apparently murdered Justin in something very like a duel, and I'm unsure if I am more frightened by the prospect that it was a deception to simulate Justin's death, or if it wasn't. Given what is at stake, I would never have been in to remove the child from play, but the backstab couldn't let his daughter's sons be neutralized. So no, no, no. Okay, that's enough. Welcome yes. to the Dress Files podcast. So, we're your hosts, people, and stuff. We're a member of the Broken Jars Network, and uh, Andreas is finally father. reading the the uh, Dresden Drop microfiction number two. What was the name? This was Journal? Journal. Or, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So, uh, a letter from Morgan to Anastasia, right? Or was this just in general? Yes, like, so... It was, it was a journal entry? Yeah, so, it was written into yeah. his journal, but he knew that she would probably read it afterwards. Ah, so, like, right. both, sort of. Right. <clears throat> yeah, so I think this dropped the Tuesday after we recorded, like most news. You know, either 30 minutes after we record <clears throat> or, you know, two days after. Priscilla does that to us on purpose, so... Uh, yeah, she's got to swap it. Do, like, the art drops on perhaps the Perhaps I have been record. too hard on them? Understatement of the fucking century. <laughs> do the there art one right after we record Perhaps I have become paranoid and mad. I don't know if you're mad, but you're certainly paranoid. Yeah, but now but now he was really looking out for him the whole time, so it's okay. Great. Yeah, so Andres hadn't read it yet, and then we were like, dude, it's it takes, like, two minutes, and he started like making exclamations so we figured we had to go live but yeah. we're gonna spoil <laughs> shit and swear a lot, and we're not meant so. for kids yeah and uh, even though we sometimes have a baby on the podcast as well well i mean where do babies come from so uh not the ceiling <laughs> they're not did you spray the house i mean you got to make sure that they can't get in that's what they mean by baby proofing well, you, you asked make the sure question the i started looking <laughs> Wait, so how do I? I don't so, think granted. I wasn't there when I was born. I don't know. You, you were sure? there when you were born. You may not have been there know. when you were conceived. You don't know that. <laughs> you better have been. Um, <laughs> make sure you click on our affiliate links like drivethroughrpg. What whatever. Something. It's dot com. Uh, yeah. Remember and, the Jim Butcher uh, one, but you can't remember the one that'll make us money. Well, I mean, yeah, it's okay. Jim Butcher's website. So. Also, we're episode XDX part X of the no, no, skin game coverage. There's three digits now. I think we're oh, 102. Tri- we're triple X. Woo. Fancy. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the journal. Did you finish it already, Andres? Did I stall you know, yeah, long enough? Yeah, it took you like six He's in a morose read, mood dude. like the rest of us. Well, it's, it's very hard, hard to read when people are like... Don't <laughs> <laughs> mute the thing. You have that ability. Yeah. All right. I didn't, wanna, I didn't want to have like Justin sit there, Andreas, Andreas, hello. And I was like, I, I wasn't there. That wouldn't be very nice. I don't think so. What do you think about Snape's letter? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I am, I, I don't like the, the Margaret thing. It makes no sense to me. Right. I, it, it definitely seems a little weird. It was funny because like it, it dropped and I haven't been keeping up on stuff as much. So I saw it in the chat and EG was like blasting it. And I'm like, it's probably not so bad. And then I read it and I'm like, it's not so bad. And I'm like, no, this doesn't feel right. Continuity wise. It kind of mm. feels like, like I could have bought this prior to turncoat maybe. 
you know, in some kind of way, maybe prior to proving guilty, for sure, because you hadn't hardly seen him yet. But, you know, like, I, I get some of it. I think I'm like two thirds where it's like, okay, you know, he's not sure if, if DeMorne did it. Uh, he hated DeMorne, which I'm still kind of curious about. Like, yeah, why wasn't there more pressure on DeMorne <laughs> if fucking Morgan was ha- like, look at how much he hounded Dresden. If you thought an actual warden was dirty, you're telling me he didn't go in there with a team of other wardens and just lay the smack down? Was it because Dumorne had connections? Like, what's going on? So there's definitely just that well hidden. Then yeah, I, I, answers. There are ways that I can make it make sense, and therefore the rest of it doesn't really bother me. I don't. Know, I read it once, and then we got into the opposite side of the argument. Me and E.G. of like, this sucks. No, this is it's okay. I think it's fine. Right. <laughs> this is fine. <clears throat> I mean, I think three. I mean, there's a lot of. There's certainly a lot of it implications and things in, in, in this very short amount of text. <laughs> but yeah, the, the marketing, that makes no sense to me. Right. Yeah, the... yeah so to, to summarize for people who may not be remembering or didn't read it yet, is that Morgan made a promise to Margaret to protect Dresden, and then apparently immediately backtracked on that as soon as he got snatched up by DeMorne because he might be infected. And you know, then it starts to play the whole, like, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy, which even Rashid has, has been on, right? Uh, and we've seen Rashid do that twice. And there was some interesting kind of tying commentary from the subreddit. I don't necessarily ascribe to you entirely, but the whole idea that Dresden might be a destroyer because Morgan capitalized the D here. So what does that mean something... anyway? Like, well, I mean, we don't really know, but no, it's probably Did just you... another term for a dark starborn or whatever. Did you watch Star Wars? He's the chosen one. Okay. Yeah. Now, luckily, we don't have such a hokey prophecy that he's going to bring balance to the White Council because we know how that worked out. But no, but that's you know, what he yeah, is. He's, he's a fulcrum. He's a starborn. He's the protagonist. He's the you know he's, he's the, the, the guy. Yeah, he's the, he's the decider, and you know, just picks the good guys or the bad guys. Whoever side he picks wins. Well, that's, well, I mean, that's even less, what the whole yeah. point of being a Starborn is. You wield power over the Outsiders, which is, and power cuts both ways. So you can do it good, you can do it bad. Well, good being, you know, for reality, or you can do it in antithesis of reality. Right. You're a coin flip. He's a Targaryen. Congratulations. Oh, boy. <laughs> but even, uh, it, even not even just the Margaret thing, I have a little bit of a problem with Morgan knowing about, um, and I'm, you know, I, I always thought that the black staff was kind of a thing that was not going to be as well known because I had a feeling that's a dangerous thing that you let a bunch of people see that one guy gets to do mm-hmm. all that. And then they're going to want to take Matt and yeah. Okay, fine. He's got an artifact that lets him, but I can't imagine someone like Morgan who would have been okay with like, even, even just because he's got this staff that like he gets to, to break the laws. That's the, he was, he was sort of fanatical about this, not just to the letter, but the spirit. Right. And he's just like, oh, but the black staff wouldn't like. Oh, so you know what the black staff is? Oh, okay, cool. Well, he is the number two warden, and he was the number right. one warden and... at the time he wrote the journal. So he probably had operational knowledge. Right. You know, I he may not have been cool about it, but exactly what the fuck was he going to do about it? It's like, you know, I don't like that General Patton is boozing and and smokes cigars and shit. And it's like, yeah, but he's going to kick your fucking ass if you bring it up. So you know, honestly, I think him it could knowing have been about good. Nemesis was more, was more well, yeah, that too. Right. But it could have, it could have been a good like character interaction between him and Ebenezer, like Morgan, who's basically Arthur's right hand man, who also doesn't like Ebenezer, and he would have conflicted with him on an ideological perspective. Like that would have been 
something interesting to see play out. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, follow, following this all through, right? So, like, uh, imagine imagine this comes to blows, right? Imagine you just got, like, a raw dual throwdown between Morgan and Ebenezer. Morgan was one of the most badass wizards we've actually seen in action, even slightly off screen with the whole, like, you know, closed to the Red King, for example. He might have been afraid of Ebenezer, right? So put that in oh, the, sure. into power perspective. So it's like again, like Morgan would have spanked Dresden, Ebenezer would have spanked Morgan, and Morgan fucking knew it, so he kept his mouth shut. You know, is the way that I'm seeing it right now. Um, the, Morgan definitely the, would have put up a better fight, though. Oh sure, sure. Uh, the, the nemesis thing is very interesting for for two reasons. I mean, a he knows it, so his emphatic denial of there is no black council is a little hollow, and it just to me, it screams flat denial, which is the way that I kind of took it in the book anyways. Like, he fucking knows better. Uh, like, his intuition knows better, but he can't allow it to be a reality, so he's just going to deny it. But also the fact that it, it settles one of the bigger questions, in my opinion, which is, can mortals be infected? Morgan thinks so, and that's good enough for me, is that he's concerned that that uh, Demorne might have been and might have infected Dresden, which is why they think he might be a destroyer, is that they... that nemesis got to him um so that that's to me an answer even though you know it's it's not 110 percent. well i still think there's wiggle room because the way he phrases it is to be a creature of nemesis that still to me could easily just be like working for nemesis goals not infecting himself sure sure all right that's why it was loose enough for you know victor cells and denton and and um you know, uh, Kravos and all of them. It's like, oh, you know, they were all turned and twisted by Nemesis, but there's still enough wiggle room where it's like, well, that's just a plot possibly. Is it really? Right. I still think it's pretty 50-50. Right. Seduced by drugs and power more than directly yeah. taking control like Cat exactly. Sith and Maeve. So. I mean, it's, a, it, it's probably going to come down to whether or not he decides or whether he has decided that basically you have a soul, you can't be. You don't have one, so Nemesis allows you to act against your behavior type deal that's right. that's where it's going to be is whether or not that's the case or if nemesis is just a corruptor of basically everything except like fucking angels right yeah so i don't know kind of interesting i mean the the main problems with it definitely are the are the pact with margaret and then the yes. the fact that he just w didn't there's no evidence that he was hard on demorne in any way shape or form you know yeah. like harry didn't know who the fuck he was before he was his executioner and so to me that just means he he was not at all watching that situation you know like if you're worried that demorne is a bad guy uh, in any way shape or form you know because all he had for dresden were suspicions I mean, granted, he had he had broken the first law, but he had never caught him in any way, shape, or form for anything else. So, what did he have on Demorn that made him suspicious of Demorn to the point That's, that it was? I figure that once they figured, like, once Harry killed Demorn, and they were looking into the whole situation, then they find out that Demorn was as bad as he was, and okay. that's what Morgan is says, like, oh, so that bastard Demorn got him. It's like that bastard who was infected, and I didn't know about it until after. Right. Right. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It's plausible enough. So interesting. Definitely yeah. more. Especially like Morgan's Morgan's irritation with Demorne being the fact that Demorne found Harry when it, Morgan was trying to find Harry in the a foster care system, but he had bureaucratically disappeared. But the bad guy that we didn't know was bad 
managed to find the kid and probably possibly instigated everything, including Malcolm's death. I have a feel. Which, I, have to, I feel like Morgan probably would have known beforehand. Like it wasn't just like they get on scene and he discovers he didn't know this all along. Because if he makes a promise to Margaret, who was in league with Justin, surely that conversation comes up. Like these are the ties I had. This is what we were doing, or what? Or this is there's going to be people looking for him. He, Justin, this, that, and the other. And so if he's making a promise to Margaret about what ties did Margaret have with Demorne? They ran and they were they were buddy buddy what? for a while. Demorn the warden and the outlaw Margaret Lefay. Yeah, when she yeah. was running around banging, you know, everybody that was an enemy. So, mm-hmm. okay, I don't remember that. I don't remember this dated. Uh, and Margaret was probably a little bit more worried with the wraith people mm-hmm. going after Harry at the time when she was pregnant instead of Demorn. I imagine. I, he's he's gonna find your source. Yeah, he, he has that he's, concentrated he's, look. Because he's the gruff. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves in the movie. The more yeah. I think about it, the less I mean. I like Morgan's character development more before. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It was more like it seemed more natural. It was this okay. So he's this guy who's basically this fanatical hard ass that he comes to grudgingly respect slash then finally understand at the end. And now it's like. Well, we have this backdrop the whole time that it's he knew that it really wasn't Harry's fault, but he still acted like it was Harry's fault, even though he didn't seem to gain anything out of it other than just being a dick. It's like I get the whole argument of unreliable narrator, but at a certain point, we got to realize that the only way we're going to get most of the characterization of these people is through Harry. And if it gets undercut by extemporaneous things later, it's like at what point they were just like, all right, well. Maybe we shouldn't care what this ex character is saying now because it'll come out later that they really felt differently. I mean, I, one of the things that I'm thinking about here that I really wish was like somehow mentioned in this that it was that Harry misunderstood the situation or something because Morgan clearly saw how Harry understood it. Is because it feels like that's like that's accepted as fact. That's what happened. Uh, it's when Morgan tries to trick Harry into basically letting Morgan kill him. Where, where book. Is that, that book three? Was, I was thinking proven guilty. Right, a summer night, the, maybe with the the three traps that Ebenezer brought up and one. Oh of yeah, them, like, yeah, 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 Summer yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Summer go. night. Yeah. Good call. Uh, I feel like because by reading this and like in general seeing Morgan most of the rest of the books, that felt very out of place. So. I thought this this short story might have been a good time where he could have been like, I don't know, just somehow drop in. Like there was no intention to kill him from Morgan's side. There was nobody else out there to be a witness or anything like the, the way Harry read the situation. But I, I don't know. If... Oh, okay. Here's the quote. It was blood rights. Uh, he didn't, didn't, right? Huh? Morgan, he uh, just he wouldn't like there if if Harry had given him excuse. If if by reading this. And who Morgan is? Would he have killed Harry there? Well, that's I, the I, thing. I mean, he's this character. He take like he, when he's doing that, he's like he's taking glee in it. Like he's not just doing it to push the guy. Just to like he's actively actually enjoying that he thinks he's going to be able to kill this kid. Yeah, which and, which definitely. I mean, taking it from a very um, forgiving approach, for lack of a better word, it's. Uh, 
I could see that being Dresden's perspective because the I think the fulcrum here is think about how he talked to Anastasia about it, right? To Lucio. And she's like, wait, I had no idea this shit was going on, you know, even though I know Morgan and he's not really like that. And, you know, I know that I put him in charge or at least allowed him to volunteer for it or whatever. So even she's kind of shocked. So I think I think you get a little bit of obviously Dresden's jaded because he's had the sword of Damocles over him since he's 16. Uh, Morgan is a total dick and it's easy to see him being a wanker and everything like that. But some of that may be Dresden's bias, um, you know, so I at the end of the day, he's definitely more of a complex character, which is part of why I liked Turncoat and, and to kind of see those changes is that, you know, like you see him still be a disgruntled asshole, but he's kind of at Dresden's mercy in a lot of ways. So, you know, he's also not an idiot. He does have to give a little bit to get shit done, even though he's going to push Molly the entire time, because really underlying all of this and where I think it starts to be like, regardless of his promise to Margaret, the reason why this isn't Harry Potter is because a Harry Potter was basically protected by like a blood pact or whatever you want to call it, not a curse, but, um, but whatever. Um, but the fact that Dresden made a conscious choice to kill Dumorne and you know, Morgan's been alive for a hundred years. He's seen Warlock after fucking Warlock. He's killed hundreds of them by himself with his own blade, regardless of the promises he makes to Margaret, he still can only bend the laws of reality so far, and no one's ever been able to stop a warlock. Worse, Dresden may be a warlock with a warlock starborn who has the ability to go rogue and, and decide reality, uh, it, it, depending on how, how this turns out, how much Morgan knew, that sort of thing. So that's like, you know, having a, a bipolar nuclear weapon walking around. You're like, yeah, you're goddamn right. I'm going to do everything in my power to stop that, even if it makes it worse, even if I can't ultimately, and it's futile, Morgan's that guy. He's going he's gonna to push that, um, you know, but... It was just, it was definitely interesting. You know, that that thing, I think, threw most of us for a loop, so. And that's the thing. I mean, that whole rationale is great if we're talking about the Morgan who's actively, you know, trying to kill him. But he says by his own admission, like, I'm trying to draw out to see if this is what's going to happen. Not even like, like, if he really thought he was that bad, just fucking cut his head off. Well, I mean, I think that might be tempered by the fact that he's not sure and the promise, but, you know, he, his whole goading him out there is that Morgan needs to be sure, 100% sure, and he's going to goad Harry into doing something stupid because, you know, it's, it's probably not in the Destroyer's, you know, uh, playbook to be subtle. You know, and even Harry's not a particularly subtle guy, right? He's not running around. He's not cowl. He's not just making all these machinations behind the scenes or whatever. So he's trying to draw him out. And if Morgan's got to lay his life down to draw him out, he knows that the senior council is going to take care of it, you know, or Lucio's going to take care of it or whatever. I, I could see that going, but. Eh. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I see you found it uh, there, G. Yeah, it was blood rights where Ebenezer's mm -hmm. talking to him about his mom finally and how they were, you know, he doesn't reveal everything, but, you know, Justin Newborn was old, uh, old running mate of hers. I never, I never really thought about that before, but does nobody on this, like, nobody on the senior council know that uh, Margaret is Ebenezer's daughter? 
Everyone knows. Well, they just don't. Morgan talk about knew it. That. Rashid knew it. She's like, "Who the fuck says?" Okay, listen, Blackstaff, your daughter. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta take care of that killer. Well, that's the thing. It's all about the politicking and whatever. Yeah, I'm, I mean, maybe some people think. didn't know, but I, probably at least half of them knew. I'm pretty sure they all. Uh, well, listens to Windows. That's his friend, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Langtree knows. You know, uh, Martha Liberty knows at least by after the fact because of what she says in Summer Night. Mm -hmm. Only uh, Petrovich probably knows because they were friends. So you won't. So the, really, the only outlier is Ancient Mai, who's old enough to probably most things don't pass by her. Enough does, but you could go <laughs> either way. And uh, Lafortier, who nobody gives a fuck about because he was an offshoot dead person, right? Yeah, he was a red shirt. Right. Dead once. Yeah. And then you get Christos, who's just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. He's the uh, one that they leave shirt. in a room with full vampires. Right. So. So, are we ready to get through our two chapters? <laughs> I suppose. Where do we leave off? Chapter 35. Right at the vault. Getting into the vault. Right, right. Yeah, uh, Anna Valmont is basically saying that I can't get into this thing because it's not the same one as from the drawings and Nicodemus is about to have a stroke and is threatening to right. kill her. Like, I could give you three minutes and you're either opening that door or I'm shooting you. Right, and it's like, so if I, with all the prep work that I did, I might have been able to open the other vault, but <laughs> this one's flatly impossible. It's never been done. Yeah, well, I'll shoot you. Okay, and if I fuck up, we're all dead. So yeah, because what's the bath here? And now that he shoots you, and then what happens? Then okay, well, they're ass backwards anyway. Right, <laughs> you're gonna force the vault. <laughs> Why don't we just go with that plan? Yeah, really, yeah. just do that if you're, that's what your problem is. In the room that is lined with lockboxes and uh, like what one claymore mine per square foot or something something like that nicodemus is going to be fine though that's the thing so yeah <laughs> like yeah but it's no one else will great yeah gray, no gray, been... gray and gray and the genoa salami probably would have been fine too maybe yeah. but actually probably so would have asher because a it's fire and b she's you know well the claymores no that's uh, a whole bunch of shrapnel that's oh, yeah, the, yeah, the ball yeah. bearings so the that's why i think harry's that like they turn them all into salsa so basically, it would have been Michael and Harry, and I know that would have died. And Binder, no, he wasn't there anymore. Yeah, they're all outside. Those are definitely gunners. So yeah, so all the Denarians and and Gray would have been fine. They and wouldn't then, have been able to do the plan, but would have been fine. Right, and this all you know, Harry finds out about this because Michael came to summon him, and then kind of like watches over her while she's working. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, and like Harry has this moral quandary moment of like I can just leave her here with all the bad guys and I know that she would blow it and everything's done and then I don't have to deal with the rest of it but that would be uh, the bad thing to do so he like makes sure that the uh, thorn manacles are really tight and gets very close to the vault um, then they reveal that there are the wards on the, the floor and if he steps on them it'll probably set something off because Valmont didn't set anything off and she trampled all over them. Right. It's uh, a further extension of the wizard trap we saw in the short story. Yeah, they actually called out even hand for it, I think. Yeah, and then everyone else starts leaving the room. Gray says, I'm not frightened. I'm making that perfectly clear, and then he leaves. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Uh, Whether or not you survive, nobody wants to be fucking... You. That probably hurt. Right. Do you have any idea how much that would sting? (laughs) Yeah, it probably hurt worse because you know you're going to survive it and have to put it back together instead of just dying halfway through. Right. This is going to take me hours to recombobulate. (laughs) Do you have any idea? Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, Harry kind of points out to Valmont that it has to be less complex with like not as small moving parts because of the magic that they put on the floor. It can't be more complex. That's why they had it switched out. Right. And he annoys her while she's picking the lock and freaks her out for a minute when she thinks that she's blown it and then it opens. Classic, right? The, yeah. Oh no, oh no. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in. So. <laughs> Well, we did it. Yeah, when Harry and Gray were bickering with each other, oh, Gray did have this. Like, are you sure you want to keep pushing things like this moment? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Right. But uh, she complains about all of the jabber. He's like, I can make some white noise for you. Yeah. Shh. And they go through. Uh, Gray becomes Gray Harvey. And they go through the very long hallway of a whole bunch of money and jewels and other vaults. Yeah, nobody important is in there. Definitely not Lord Wraith, Fairfax. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, was Dracul named, or am I making that no, up? No, I think no, just okay. Lord Wraith and Fairfax. Okay, Hades. Yeah. Don't oh, well, obviously, yeah. yeah, obviously Hades. And then, does Gray freak out now, or is that in a minute? So, what freak out? Well, he's you know he starts like jittering around, looking like he's gonna rabbit. Oh, it's Christian's it's pretty like, much here because yeah. like, yeah, he looking around. I'm a little too Harvey right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which which is is interesting. Cough. Yeah, so like what he's that thorough. Down, but... uh, Andres? Hmm? What what accent did you go with just now? The the one in the the one in the audiobook. Right. So Harry's going to stop short because uh, manacles are not the retina scanners are very damn finicky. Um, Gray undoes it and then they have a another moment of like, are you sure you want to keep going? And uh, Harry references a, a movie that no one ever hears of ever. <laughs> they have a moment talking about how you never hear about it ever. And then Gray goes off. And Tessa comes back. Yay. Yeah, ambush. <clears throat> yeah, this was a really good setup of a bad problem because Tessa in a locked room with Harry that Harry cannot use magic because he'll set off the vault and the claymores and Tessa's very furious and trying to kill him. Yeah, she comes in the vault, slams the, the vault door closed, breaks mm-hmm. off the handle, doesn't she? Like... No, no, the handle's still fine. Not... Okay. That's later. Yeah. Got... Okay, gotcha. So <laughs> yeah, she basically slams it shut and then he's like, well, fuck, you know, I don't have magic. And even if I did, Anna's probably trying to get in, which means I have this amount of time. And if I do anything, she'll explode. Yeah. Do you want to explode? So. And Tessa is all unhappy and bug-like. He's like, you, this is your fault. <laughs> and the, the amount of I... mental gymnastics this woman has right. to go through for this being the rest of fault is like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe Bruce Banner has a, a quote. It'd be like, you can smell the crazy on that one. So. <laughs> Well, I can you can kind of see it just in the fact that she's a giant bug. Don't like bugs. But yeah, this was kind of a fun fight because he had no ability to do anything other than kind of run around and scream. Right. He and had to be clever. He he found didn't he find like a 
improvised club or something or is he just hitting her with the staff again so because he, he tussles with her a little bit but yeah he mostly like bolts yeah. over the money bricks and he's uh swinging the heavy quarter staff and trying to hit her as hard as possible right uh, and he had the bright idea of locking himself in one of the vaults with the very heavy reinforced for magical creature purpose bars, and she couldn't get through that. And he's screaming, at least tell me why, because right. he just wants to know. And she eventually screams, I have not invested 15th centuries to see it thrown away, and then starts screaming at him, and Spittle becomes bugs. Right. Because, you know, you should know this. You've seen her do it before. You know, like, come on. So. Oh, you're talking about a uh, small favor? Yeah, is that is that when it was Guard and, and yeah, uh, I, Hendrix? Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. think she did the screaming into bugs. She just kind of collapsed into bugs, I think. Okay. Either but way, crazy. she's turned into little swarms of insects before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which apparently takes a lot out of her. Or at least because maybe because... Michael holy involved. fired her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that might do something to <laughs> And with a swarm of intelligent tiny bugs that are trying to eat you alive, yeah, you'd probably lose your shit. And Harry does. And he's trying to get the thorn manacles off to hell with anything else, but he can't find his hands or his wrist or the key. And then Michael shows up and uh, does the like lay on hands thing. He holy fire bombs them. Mm -hmm. With Latin. Well, you can't be holy without Latin. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> it's an aspect thing to Dutch or Swedish or wherever that one's from. <laughs> yeah. And Harry is able to kind of put himself back together and he's happy. And Michael still thinks he's a good man and good things like that. Yay. They hug and then they kiss and then, oh, wait. Yes, <laughs> No, that was that was fan fiction. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Distinctly <laughs> uncatholic fan fiction. <laughs> mm. no, yeah, no comment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, uh, and then Nicodemus seems a bit uh, unhappy. It's like we don't need to fear further interference from Tessa, but how did you do that? It's like I didn't. It just did the land hands thing, you know, the paladin thing. And right. Deirdre and Nicodemus are very unhappy with that. So I don't know what you would expect, though. Right. And well, it's probably because he did it, but, you know, he's doing it with the uh, whole jumbo jet side of him. Right. I so. know. it's. It, it really seems like he, Nick's probably never seen it in the wild, but you think he'd be able to piece some of that together. Like, dude is basically disabled right and needs a cane do you think he's been hamming it on for the last few years like he's running around kicking ass for the lord again like yeah. what do you think's going on i mean nick has to know that he has the grace i just like i was gonna say nick might actually his gut reaction might be like fucking michael was playing him this whole time right because that's what he would do or or that uriel healed him somehow like legitimately right. since you know they mm. can do that you know there was a guy once you know, so you guys so. think that if michael didn't have the grace he wouldn't have been able to do that as much not to that degree to I, if their reactions are any indication <laughs> right but i mean i mean I, it's not you know like what i think i think all things are possible through the lord our god so that's what i think well, because usually that the kind of things he does, like you could understand, like if he was like holding the sword over him, right? And there was like this white light that flashed out and burned them all. But he does it with basically a touch. The only other thing he's done like that that I can remember is when he 
prayed and took the 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 mind whammy from Mab off him in small favor. Yeah, I was going to say this isn't the first time he's done a lay on hands type of thing. Right, yeah. but it was not so overt. That was a that was a mental thing. This was an actual physical manifestation, which sure. again is probably yes because of the grace. If the most experienced denarian out there is looking at him wide eyed like what the fuck, right? Yeah, and I mean, it, it's it also kind of begs the question of how much information sharing he has with Anduriel, because again, Anduriel should fucking know. So, you know, well, that's the other thing. Get... It's like you'd think he would know and recognize, but you would think if he did know and recognize, he would have done a fuck ton more to try and screw that up, knowing right. that the grace was out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like actually go burn down the uh, carpenter house, regardless. Right. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the the most he does is he like has an offhand typical conversation later on when they're when they're talking about, you know, oh you really you're in the underworld now, Paladin. You really think your god's gonna be able to protect you down here, this, that, and the other thing. And that's just like that's standard fare. That would have happened regardless. Right. So who knows? I mean he's pretty singular minded at the moment and so he's doing stupid yeah, things like and pointing a gun at Valmont and saying, Open this or Right. so he's not he's not showing his his galaxy brain this this particular book right <laughs> no. um michael continues on with a proclamation of judgment i guess i'll say of yeah. all of the bad guys it's like you think your power is what shapes the world you walk in but that is an illusion there is a judge there is justice and one day you will receive what you have earned right and even for Michael, though, this wasn't a Michael thing, right? This no. was like the Grace talking. So he had a Murphy moment where he's like, wait a minute. Like, I totally dig those words, but those weren't my words, you know? Yeah. So. And Harry asked later, is like, what did that mean? Like, I don't know. You heard as much as I did. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Harry takes it as like a, like a, a message to everyone and Dresden of like, you know, they're going to betray you. I know that. Right. Of course they're going to betray me. Tell me something I don't know, like when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he kind of figures out when anyway. Sure. I'm just saying, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he opens the way to the underworld and the room explodes behind them. Right. So he was right. Yeah, absolutely. You can't use a single bit of, of magic, but then, uh, Right. But Michael thought of that ahead of time and got all the prisoners out of the way so they didn't become salsa. All right, then they open the way, they go through and they find the uh, gate of fire first and Hannah Asher's up. Point of order. Dresden closes the gate behind them. No, not yet. No, he doesn't. Oh, not yet? Okay. No, because actually they're still standing in the vault and gotcha. Asher needs to go through first to turn right, off the right, gate of right. fire first. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then she has to, or well, she chooses to get naked because she wants her clothes to survive afterward. Which is the correct thing to do for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Grace very happy. <laughs> yeah. As she's taking off her pants, Michael like turns to the side and resolutely does not look because he's, that would he's be studying bad. the wall to make sure that it's not going to jump out inside them. The paladin must always be wary. He's a carpenter. He did want to make sure it's structurally sound after the Yeah, what if the fire comes out and starts burning the whole fucking place down? You know, he's with Harry. It's not exactly impossible. Right. Gray was funny. Uh, Asher says, I would rather not go through the rest of this naked. And Gray's like, I would rather that. Right. I mean, to be fair, 
he's looking at her. He could just easily like what touch her and become her naked and just look at himself for the rest of the trip. It's just not the same when it's yourself. Like it's just not. I suppose. So so she goes out there and Uh she basically is like a whirlwind of fire and all this nonsense and uh, then the salamander attacks. Yeah. Because it's D and D. So there is a, a discussion between Gray and Harry of like, how is she doing that? And then they was like, well, you have to have a lot of concentration. And so like play like uh, uh, concentration, Simon, checkers, chess, solitaire, monopoly, Sudoku, clue, risk, access and allies and poker and blackjack all at the same time. while counting to 20,000 by prime numbers only standing on one foot and balancing a styrofoam cup of hot coffee on your head. And we right. can do all that. We can start with you walking through a small campfire. And Gray just says, I can play poker. <laughs> right. I can play poker. <laughs> I like, I like, I like, I like uh, Marcus's drag gray like a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's fun with the accent, I think. Uh, and then the salamander is attacking, but she has no weapons and can't really do much more than try to run for the lever. And Nicodemus throws his sword to spear right. one of them. Yeah, because Dresden basically just looks at him and be like, do something. And Nick's like, oh, right. And then just like hucks the sword. And it's like, what? Fine. What? <laughs> you know. I like how Dresden's even like, like, even like, you know, even if you just spend an idle afternoon every 20 years throwing right. the sword, he still has like a lot of throwing sword. <laughs> right. Yeah. Almost like he shouldn't be losing sword fights. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she just had the power of. Shush! I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it. It that's the the whole gimmick of the sword is the equalizer, man. Don't care. It takes out their damage reduction, their spell resistance. It makes them susceptible to like these crazy words and feel goods. Yeah, like, so it's so it's thing. only three thousand years of skill versus some forty years of skill. I wonder who would win. Not even 40. so. Fun fun fact about skill is that there is an upper limit. So if he had 20,000 years of skill, like unless he's invented new techniques, which in his case is possible. It's, it's you know. probably. So yeah, it's it's a classical thing that it's like, okay, so like, you know, raw numbers and luck and a few other things go into it. But in her case, I'm, I'm going to blame the Holy Sword. You know? I mean, I would say it, with inventing new skills, I would argue, how often do you see precision sword throwing? I think Nicodemus is one of the only people who actually throws and hits. Sure. Um, Will Turner. Pirates of the Ooh. Caribbean. There you go. So he's probably only been practicing for like 10 years then. He's like, oh, I saw that movie and then... <laughs> Imagine, yeah, if... he's never he's never practiced it before. Go oh, see Pirates of the Caribbean one night and he's like, you know what? That's a what, good one idea. One of these days, that's going to come in handy. Yeah. But he does. He practices with them for, what did Will say? five hours a day so he he's just sitting there in a room alone just like throwing a sword for five hours well what's he got to do while he's waiting for his army curse to come back or whatever so i thought he can do that once a year he can do that's that what i'm year. saying he's got 364 okay. days of throwing sword practice you think he's running around being evil all the time how many vaults can you can you invade like come on one. I mean, he's, even he's got, guys got let's, time even on. if he does it once every six months or once every quarter that's still a lot of time that he's mm-hmm. got cutting tongues out of squires <laughs> and generally just being a douchebag eating donuts while a wizard is under a waterfall like just look at all the leisure time the dude has you know? 
I mean, I, I gotta imagine he's got quite the investment portfolio he's gotta manage, too. That's oh. gotta take some time. Nah, he's got people for that, too. Yeah. But I mean, no, you have people for that. Let's say he puts in an honest four hours of work a day. That's still, you know, easily four to eight hours of sword throwing practice, so... Go watch a movie, cuts that down to six. I mean, oof. writing Dresden and Michael Slash fiction. Right. <laughs> okay. So he bullseyes the salamander. I assume that's what salamander. he was doing to torture Ivy and small favor, but you know. That there you go. So he bullseyes the salamander because reasons, and then she pulls the lever and yeah. scorches her hands because she totally didn't think about that. But yeah, I think she, was she didn't sweating. account for the sweat. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, and then they let it cool down a little bit before they get roasted and running and trying to help her. Right. Um, Harry returns her clothes shellac-free, but Grey offers to help her put it all back on because now that her hands are all blistered, she may not be able to do all of the small, like, clasps and buttons and stuff. And children. And he's, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Devil is not dead. Uh, she's wary of him. It's like, I think I'm a little smarter to get from help from you. It's like, you only say that because you think I'm interested in your body. Well, yes, obviously. I'm also interested in what you like to do with your body. If you're just interested in, in her body, he could just become her. He, he he wants to have fun with her. Ray had so much more personality in this than he did in his short story. Yes. Mm. Have we yelled about that one yet? I don't remember. A okay. little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, so now Asher's all uppity and thinks she can do the next gate too. Yeah. Should have let her. Then they see that uh, it's a giant, grindy, smushy puzzle, and she doesn't want it anymore. And this cool. is when Harry shuts down the gate back to the um, real world because he doesn't want to lose his value to all the bad guys that absolutely want to squish him. And basically it's causes an argument. Also, is this not the first time that Harry's gate has just stayed open? No, and he's he's had to specifically underpower it before. He he's talked about how him opening gates is more like just tearing holes in a reality, and he uses a lot more power than is probably necessary. Um, yeah, but they, been, don't they usually like close? Yeah, Isn't uh, that like well, they start they start to close, but he's he's talked about how. Uh, like for example, he had to use Lily to to hold open the one for winter, so she she had to be there holding the gate. That that he's used it kind of as a weapon where he kept it small so that it would close faster and stuff. And in this case, apparently, he just put a lot of chutzpah into it. So it does seem like his ability to manage and erect or disable gates are uh, or ways, I should say, are <coughs> much better than they were before. Yeah, well, oh, he's yeah. got better control. Yeah, he's got those kind of power application. I wanted to he get has to. a mantle to help him out with it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's better at it than he was in, say, you know... Um, Even changes, I think. Great peril. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the mantle plus the training he got uh, really, like, beefed him up on his control. I'm, I really look forward to him having gadgets again to refine his control well, even more. Well, he might also, and obviously we haven't seen it, he could have actually, you know, used that freaking gem that his mom left him and learned some things about the ways and maybe have a more uh, practical application of how they work and better, yeah. easier ways to open it and how they function and this and the other thing. I kind of said we I'd, haven't explored that since changes. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. I'd really prefer to see that come back, you know, to if the he stocks. somewhere. 
Yeah. yeah. Everything happens. Well, it's going to happen. Not, if he, but... You know what? And it's the perfect time to happen in Peace Talks because there's going to be a friggin' tentacle hound running around through corners everywhere. So he's going to have to track it using something I... that can bump around everywhere. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see how, like, opening short like short ways and jumps or something like that might be a thing, but he's light speed skipping. It's Star yeah, Wars, all right? It's oh awesome. no. Get stop. Stop. Okay. But I but because Harry's on the defense, I, I'd be skeptical that it's gonna happen in Peace Talks. This is the one thing I don't think is gonna happen in Peace Talks for those keeping well, now you know that's okay. the only thing that's gonna happen in Peace Talks. <laughs> yeah right. mark, mark the calendar. Something doesn't happen in Peace Talk. Justin just said that. Right. That's, you know what doesn't happen uh, in Peace Talks? Uh we know people that don't die. So Nic- Nicodemus doesn't come back in peace talks, so that's two things. Deidre, not going to be in peace talks. So unlikely. Yeah. Okay. Actually, now that I think about it, we also know that like Mirror um, Mirror has a time frame beforehand, because there was an idea for a little while that like peace talks would end with like him getting dumped into the mirror dimension, like just right off the bat. Right. But now we know it's at least what six months later. Well, it's yeah, it's that things are happening. It's not going to be in peace talks, that part anyway. But right, so we know mirror mirror will not happen in peace talks. Right, also true. That's but, that's the point. But the yeah, the more important thing being the whole Christmas Eve story. So yeah. Mm. Okay, so Dresden runs into the grindy ice of doom and gets no, him. not yet. He is smart, Gosh. and he demands no, a lift from the Janoska. The Janoska would rather rut down there. <laughs> yeah, the rest of his he's life. smart. He's really just spiteful. There's a reason he has Ursil. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. he's uh, big and dumb. Yeah. And um, who's dumber? Ursil or uh, what's the other one? Magog. 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 Uh, I would say the guy who was screaming at someone who could one shot him. Oh yeah, Magog. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fair. And they're all because Ursil Ursil, whether or not he gets beaten, he's always comes back. You haven't seen Magog again. Yeah, but <laughs> you see him in Iran, right? True. Because yeah, yeah, he yeah. was in the picture in Iran. Off yeah. screen. <laughs> Minorly he off screen. He doesn't come back in this town anymore. <laughs> we can we somewhat assume that all the angels must have like some pretty high intellectus and not be that dumb. So I wonder why they're... They're, they're, they're that dumb? Yeah, why is it like Magog? It's like basically just a big brute. We don't know that. I mean, there's got, in every faction, there's always going to be the muscle who's not there for their celestial intelligence. Right, I mean, like they can have intelligence compared to a human. That doesn't mean yeah. they're not so stupid. Right, and that's that's kind of where they get undersold, right? Is because, like, yeah, you got to think that, like these might be the dumbest of the angels, but but that's like okay. So you got Lex Luthor, Darth Sidious, and a few other mega villains. Okay, which one's the idiot child there? You know, like okay, somebody is going to be the lowest there. Doesn't mean he's not smarter than you. Yeah, they can't all be Thor and Nimshu, who's got like this hairy level interest in magic and. Yada yada. Thank you. Thorn and Namshiel is the Denarian nerd. Now we've got that forever. <laughs> well, that was always the case, just because I voiced it. Right. Okay. okay. So the so, Genesis would rather rot. Yes. Uh, and Gray also has this line of like, but what if you die and we're stuck down here? And Harry says, like, we have to think positive thoughts and wish me luck or something. Deirdre gets the Janosqua to calm down and go away and she's mad at Harry. It's like, you don't need to keep like badgering him like that. But it's like, I still need a lift. I still need to see above because they're moving in a pattern. So Deirdre is going to give him a 
a lift with all of her bladed hair. And I guess oh, you're. <laughs> what is it? She uses her his own words against him there. Yes, I think you'll be well motivated to be stable and think positive thoughts right. and great laughs. Yeah, and he decides not to say something about split ends and chainsaw oil because he understands how to be polite. I mean, you gotta say Harry's grown as a person. <laughs> All right. Then he stays there for about 10 minutes watching the pattern, and he describes it as like there are a bunch of cogs with one tooth missing. So if you time it right, you can just follow the empty tooth all the way through. And then he runs, and he realizes he miscounted at least once. Right. Uh, yep. But he gets through most of the way, and then he just blasts one of them out of the way with Fazari and parkours his way to the end of the gate. Parkour! <laughs> Michael says, I think you're supposed to just do parkour and not say parkour. Right. Have, have I ever, ever said anything about your, your Latin battle cries? No, not even once. I think Michael's Latin battle cries are better than Harry's grasp on Latin myself, but... Definitely. Well, that's yeah, because I mean, he believes in them, and Harry's just yeah. had to do it out of obligation also, to understand the council sometimes. Right, and, and Michael might have like cared and gone to church yeah, every Michael straight up day. went to like friggin' uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't remember. You know, whatever, Seminary? whatever the hardcore sect of, <laughs> of Catholic school would have been. Oh, I got you. Mm. Apparently, oh, apparently, it's so cold there. Like Jesuits the and stuff like even that. Even the winter night right. is like, oof, this is chilly. Right. At the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it can't be chillier than when he was running around naked on the hilltop. So. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Asher complains about being cold, and Valmont says, in a voice so dry, it defied anyone listening to find any snark in it, wear looser clothes. <laughs> All right, and oh, then it's the Gate of Blood, and Nicodemus and uh, Deirdre, Janosko, and Gray grab people and says, it's time for one of you to die. Aha! I, Nicodemus, betray! Shocker! And then he betrays again later. Yeah, but this it's, one's just theater. You curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> so he puts on the theater that they're going to kill Valmont in order to open the gate, and Michael will not allow that. If you do that, Dress and I will fight to the death. And Harry says, right, we'll, we'll fight you, not each other, in case that wasn't clear. Right. <laughs> All right. And Nicodemus and Michael are like, insulting each other a little bit. And the Janosko is again like trying to grip Harry to death. When you got big hands, everything looks like a nail, right? So Sure. <laughs> a nail to stick the, into the winter night? Yeah, it yes. makes sense. Uh, Nicodemus is doing some of those things, like uh, insulting because they're in the underworld. Like, Do you really think that your god can reach you down here, Christian? Right. Yeah. And Michael has this very big face, and he's like, yeah. As like, it's always completely unshakable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, <laughs> be like, how do you think this all got here? You know. Yeah. So, for a brief moment, Michael was thinking about like the idea of he sacrifices himself to save Harry and all the problems, and like, no, but you're carrying enough of a burden already. Don't do bad decisions with Uriel's grace. Right. Yeah. Asher steps in a little bit, and she basically appeals to the idea of money, 
and Nicodemus and Deirdre go off with a, in a conference, and if they struggle, kill them. But it's okay because the adversary is not going to be able to get to you down here. So, yeah. Asher uh, was upset. It's like, what is it with you religious types? And Harry says, like, name like Hannah Asher, and you aren't Jewish. Huh. But apparently, that's different. I don't know. I mean, it's just her heritage. She doesn't have to be religious about it. Meh. Um. <laughs> Gray has a moment, uh, and since he's holding Valmont, like, do you really want everything to fall apart here? No, not yet. No, no. <clears throat> what I did, I did for insurance, but he's talking about killing one of us, and this is when Harry gets, like, clever. It's like, what, if he wanted to kill someone, he would just kill them. Why is he bargaining? And he starts listening to Nicodemus and Deirdre, and they're having their tearful goodbye, saying, I... Nicodemus says, I wish there was another way, but you're the only one I can trust, and the enemy won't be able to get you here. <laughs> okay, so he does say enemy, not adversary? I no, yeah, you will be safe from the enemy here is the exact words. Gotcha. That's why it gets to be another coin flip as to what he's talking about. But I like the vagueness, because it doesn't have to be, you know... God. It could be the goody goodies, it could be the reality killers, it could be it could be, it could be fucking Tessa. Yeah, it could be Lucifer, you know. So Wow. And Harry there... assumes it's something to do with hell. Right. Yeah, I suppose it could be. Yeah, because usually and that's why I was curious about the adversary word, because that's been used in some other connotations and has more connotations, but I don't think it's hell so much as because it's like well, I mean I get yeah, when Deirdre dies she goes to hell, so yeah, I guess that could be. Well, Greek hell, so. No, no, I'm saying, like, if she were up, if she died and lost her coin the same general way, she, her soul, whatever is left of it, would go to hell, presumably. Sure. So, yeah, I, I imagine if these Denarians are the ones that, uh, you know, even Lucifer was wary about backstabbing him, and he's the one who, you know, shunted them away, that whoever was host to them is not going to necessarily be, uh, I don't, I don't know. It depends. You know, it's it's still hell, so they're probably going to get fucked over either way. Right. But well, uh, it, I I thought there was like a little bit of a tease somewhere that it was like when when they all fell because they're all rebel angels, right? They were sort of his lieutenants, but at the same time, it seems like the reason why they're on Earth is because even he didn't trust them afterwards. Yeah. So well, and and Duriel was his out. lieutenant, and these are the thirty most. And uh, to be fair, some of the of the backstabbing angels that he didn't trust. Right. Yes, it's like if you look at Lashiel, for example, she wasn't really committed to Lucifer, at least by her own what she said. No, she was, she was and that was that was kind of fen- she was kind of a fence sitter. Yeah, that right. was added to in a word of gem that she was basically like playing both sides and so you know, kinda like uh what was it in Dogma, the muses that didn't pick a side and then they got shunted down too. So yeah. But I mean, either I mean, like you know, it's it's the same deal with like Mab and, and Leah. You know, Helen and the Denarians are frenemies enough that they can call upon Lucifer's power for Hellfire circles and shit like that. But you know, I doubt any one of them is looking to take a day trip down to the sauna. Okay, he dead yet? <laughs> well, yes. She says something of like, I've chosen my path. I regret nothing. I love you, father. And then he kills her. Yeah. Like, yeah, because that's the problem. The problem is that you love someone who's like twisted. Yeah. And 
Nicodemus holds her for a, a few minutes, and then he uses the knife to cut open into her chest cavity and pull out the coin. And Michael is aghast and is like, what have you done? Uh, Nicodemus says, did you think you were the only one in the world willing to die for what he believes, Sir Knight? And Michael is, uh, looks like he's about to start crying himself and says, she just let you do it and she was your child. Did your own precious God not ask the same of Abraham? Did he not permit Lucifer to destroy the children of Job? I at least have a reason for it. And then he gets everyone else to be let go. And after a couple of minutes, uh, Deirdre's ghost gets out of her body and opens the gate. Right. Yeah, so I yeah, I, I think I distinctly remember in my notes that I was like, oh, thank God he did this before Endgame, because could you imagine? Or before Infinity War, but... Um, you know, like I, the whole comment about like, you're the only one I can trust is like, I think the, the way the gate works is like definitely the dying, then the spirit forming. But if they decide to fuck you or have mm -hmm. second thoughts or whatever, they don't go open the gates and you're screwed anyway, you know? So Correct. it's, it's crazy heavy, you know, what happens and, and definitely fuels some of the emotion later on, uh, you know, in the book. So it's just a powerful moment for sure. Yeah. Which we will definitely get to next time. <laughs> Are you trying to say you want to leave? <clears throat> He's out. <laughs> saying we're at an hour. Irrelevant. Time is linear. It's, yeah. it's not outline. It's yep. a ball of wibbly wobbly timing. <laughs> I mean, we've made through five chapters somehow. What? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. The beginning of chapter 40 is when they open and they're like looking through the gate. Uh, into the vault and it's just like a aura of gold light and all of the jewels and whatnot. Asher about has a stroke. So it's what's his face his soul is in there? So. Smaug. Pulp fiction. Oh, okay. That works too. The Arkenstone or whatever. <laughs> the Arkenstone in this case is five things. Right. Yeah. So what? Two more episodes maybe? Maybe. We're about three quarters of the way through the book. Depends on how cool Maybe. the Dresden drop is in two days and so whether funny. or not in 30 minutes she's like, oh boy, did you guys <laughs> mess up today? No. Guess what? Here's chapter two of Peace Talks. Right. That would um, be good. No, okay. no. I'll, I'll allow it. I'm in. So. Yeah, that would be fun. No, 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 yeah. no. no. And then we'd have to talk about it because it's news. No, drop the book or <laughs> no, no, no. None of this bits and bobs of the book. No. We By can get some time... Bob microfiction. That'd be funny. By the time we find it, what? he'll have dropped a chapter, like the whole thing, and be like, ha ha, suckers, I published it this way. Well, I wouldn't mind a Bob microfiction. As long as he's not interacting with Butters. Oh, he probably will be now. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He'll be talking to himself. Or let him I talk would, to. I would him. love. Uh, I would love a butters. Let him. We had a butter short story. That's enough. And it was great. Loved oh, it. One of the best short stories. Ugh, oh, you disgust me. Did I do the thing? Sure. The professional if podcast. You want. I I don't. But since Ben's not here, I kind of jumped on that grenade. Yeah. So This has well, been the Jersey Files podcast. It's a member of the Broken Jars Network. Go click on the drivethroughrpg.net link. And then buy something. Yeah, right. give us money. Lots and lots of money. Give us $12,000 a month, and we'll be good and professional. We promise. 
Yeah. We'll get it. We'll get a studio at that point. Some of us will even put on real pants. <laughs> what? No. no. For twelve thousand dollars? Yeah. Well, okay. What I mean, qualifies? if that was a qualifier, then sure. What but qualifies just because... as real pants? He's got an important question. Answer the last question. Okay, yeah. fine. Not pajamas, and not okay, so, not pants. So sweatpants are okay. As are long short as they're okay. As long what? Short pants are they? No, okay? no. It's got to be yoga leggings. <laughs> okay. Yoga leggings for for twelve grand. I could. I could see that. Justin in yoga leggings. Yeah. Don't see me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either that or the slash fiction. Pick one. Definitely no. So anyway, we have other podcasts. You can find them on brokenjars.xyz. Save us from ourselves. Uh, we've got the Sim Talk. Did the DMs Anonymous record? No, I haven't heard okay. anything. It's usually Jacob or we're like arranges it. So I should probably oh, I ask him what we're doing. I and then the office is done. So do we have anything else going on? I don't think so because we keep badgering each other to time. start a new one, and none of us have. Right. About four years ago, I heard about this political podcast we've got ideas and stuff this is why you should send us the money all just right us. right we should also, really do that movie or book book club book club, book club podcast i would you i would in? rather i would rather a movie club oh yeah which was also one of the ideas we kicked around but oh my god, in any case, oh my god that was so long ago <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple oh, months holy shit that was six years ago i think we which is like shattered was six years ago, right? So no, I think that was the the, the, the movie one, like because Jacob wanted to do like the really bad, terrible movies. Oh yeah, make no. everyone oh, wanted to do riff tracks, guilty pleasures, the yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure what the difference between uh, what we would do and like Mystery Science Theater three thousand exactly, but that was talked about like six years ago. I'll tell you, I'll tell you two of the differences. I am not a female, and I am not a robot. That's what. MST3K does different. Can you so. prove either one of those things to a satisfactory Not on the degree? air. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> if well, you say so. This has been another episode of the Dress and Files podcast. Yeah, we're totally not meant for